Hey, everybody. I just wanted to say thanks again for helping the Art of Fitness podcast reach the top 200 in fitness and nutrition. Uh, this will be the final week that I'm going to leave that sign-up form available to you all to win the barbell. Um, so go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com and click the link for the barbell giveaway. Put in your info and you'll be in the pool of possible winners. Um, also, if you scroll down on that web page, I have an Amazon portal link. If you click that and you buy anything you want, all of your Amazon shopping needs, um, you'll help support this podcast. Um, so I ask that you please do that. Also, if you dig what I'm doing here, if you like this podcast um, and you like what it has to offer you, if you write a review on iTunes or Stitcher or if you rate it, on iTunes or Stitcher, um, apparently that helps me in some way with their mathematical equations, their algorithms, and it helps to get this podcast heard by more people. Um, so if you dig what I'm doing, please go and do that shit. All right. I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to The Art of Fitness, I'm Steve Service. Today I'll be talking to Christian Lucero. Christian is a 24-year-old CrossFit athlete and head coach of CrossFit AVA out of California. A former college football player, wrestler, and amateur professional MMA fighter, he's made himself a recognized name in the world of CrossFit in just a few short years. His first individual regional appearance was in 2014, where he failed to break the top 20. In the 2015 Open, he finished first in the Southwest. And in 2016, he made his CrossFit Games debut where he finished 18th worldwide. Poised for a return to the 2017 CrossFit Games, Christian was sitting in first place in the 2017 California Regional going into the final day. And unfortunately, Christian suffered an injury to his pectoral which forced him to withdraw from competition. Christian, if you're listening to this, our thoughts go out to you and to the other competitors who suffered similar injuries that ended their 2017 season. We wish you a speedy recovery, and we know we'll see you competing again in the near future. All right, friends, let's go to my conversation with Christian Lucero. Christian. Hey, how are you? Hey, man. Thanks for coming on The Art of Fitness. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good. Uh, just got back in from a long day of travel, so I was glad I could um, get this set up and we could do this, even though you know it's pretty late, but I'm <laughs> glad we could finally get put this together. Yeah, I appreciate it. Where were you? Uh, I was in Oregon um, visiting my wife. She's uh, up in training for nationals and you know, her, her whole run of competitions this year. So um, she's been in Oregon for a little bit, and I went up to visit her um, and then grab our dog who has been up there with her. And um, she's got about two more weeks left before she competes at nationals. So um, Nationals for she's on Team USA weightlifting? Yeah, she's a weightlifter for Team USA, yep. Awesome. What's yeah. she throwing around these days? 
man. Uh, more than you? A lot. Be honest. <laughs> Not more than me, but, you know, uh, I always have to watch her, especially with the squat. <laughs> Can't let her get too close. Um, but uh, then she starts thinking she can run stuff and order me around and make me do dishes now and stuff like no i'm just kidding we, we both share that but and she usually does order me around anyways but uh spoken like a good man yeah good man dude yeah. um what part of oregon um she's in terrebonne so up in uh, right by redmond right by ben yeah. i don't know if you're familiar with ben ben i am i'm, like I'm familiar with ben and right a beautiful part of the world up there man yeah it's it's amazing uh, we went into sisters the other day and i was uh i loved sisters i haven't spent too much time in in ben but i know uh uh from the short short time i was in there it reminded me a lot of of boulder and uh kind of denver area so i like that because i i had lived there for four or five years um, before moving um, back to California. Yeah, man. And speaking of California, you're currently third in Southern California, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, you probably know better than me. I, I forget third. I mean, it doesn't really matter going into regionals as long uh -huh. as I'm in that last heat. That's where I wanted to be going into regionals. So uh, I know I was in that last heat and uh, just give me a good, good start to the weekend um, to punch another games ticket. Yeah, man. So you're you're not interested in leaderboard for no, the Open. No, I mean I I looked at it. I you know took what I could from it. I didn't dwell too long on it. Um, just kind of used it, you know, for what it was. Just kind of as a uh, beginning of the season test. Just kind of see where I'm at. Um, obviously, the the first goal was you know make sure I make regionals. I mean every year I. I um, make sure that I don't look past any any stage of the competition because I've seen that you know bite people in the ass a lot mm -hmm. of times um, when they look past something and then they wind up not getting past it. Um, so you know I, I kind of just take it one work at a time, you know one step at a time. First goal was you know do the best that I could on every workout, you know get the most out of everything I could. Um, start getting that fire for competition back you know it's always a, a good time of the year when you're you know thrown down once a week with your gym and um, the people you train with and can you know kind of see that hard work paying off and you know making sure that you're where you need to be in the leaderboard and that's just making regionals and then um, obviously I wanted to stay you know pretty high in California so I could you know start the week off in the that last heat and uh, just set myself up for for a good weekend at regionals. You talk about looking ahead and not looking ahead and being where you are. Let's talk about the 2016 CrossFit Games just for a little bit because it seems like every time that I checked in, I was I was hearing your name, and I kept on hearing it was your rookie season at the Games, and it seems like you were asked several times if you were surprised where you were on the leaderboard. Were you? Um, no, I was... Um you know, I, I never was surprised where I was because I never kind of made an, an expectation of, of placement or where I wanted to be placed. You know, obviously you want to go in and place as high as you can. And that, that was my only goal was to, you know, attack each workout to the best of my abilities with, you know, what I had and the fitness that I had prepared for that year and all the work that I put in. And, um, 
you know, I knew that if I went out there and just, you know, put it out all, all on the line, uh, every workout, I would, you know, find myself in a, in a position that I would be, you know, proud of or happy with, you know, regardless of whether that was, you know, 38th or 40th or, you know, first or 15th yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's nothing like walking away and, and knowing that you well, shit, man, I gave it everything I had, you know, I right. didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't break. I didn't break mentally. I gave it everything I had, you know, I just, you know, can fix some things going into next year. And, you know, as long as I, I could walk away from the weekend and each workout, you know, kind of saying that or, or knowing that I, I knew that I would be happy with the placement. So because I didn't really, you know, put an expectation on my placement, I wasn't surprised, you know, you seem like the kind of guy that really takes experience as a teaching. Um, how did you get there? How did you get to the 2018 or 2016 CrossFit Games? Well, I'm interested in, in what the journey was for you to make it to those CrossFit Games as opposed to years previously. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that a lot of it was being able to look on experiences, you know, that hadn't gone my way in the past, you know, competitions or workouts or mistakes and and kind of look at them and, and be like, hey, you can, you know, walk away with one uh, one of two attitudes. You know, you can kind of put your head down and, and uh you know, kind of be ashamed or, you know, be saddened or kind of discouraged or, and, you know, that's not really going to get you, get you anywhere. You know, how is that going to help in the future? How is that going to, you know, make you better? Or you can take that experience and be like, Hey, you know, I know what this feels like. I know why it feels like that. You know, I don't ever want to feel this again. So I know what I need to do to make sure that I don't feel this again. And I need, I know what I, what I can take away from this so that way, you know, this doesn't happen again. I can learn from it. I can, you know, uh, be better, you know, athletically, mentally, physically, you know, whatever the case might be, um, competitively, you know, cause there's so much that goes into just a, a one workout at, you know, regionals or the open, you know, so much mentally, so much physically, so much, you know, with, your breaks, your reps, you know, there's so many variables that, um, you know, there is a lot that can go right and can go wrong. So you just have to be, you know, ready for that and willing to, you know, take the, take those, those, I, I mean, bad, you know, some people would call them bad situations or, or failures and, um, and just learn from them, you know. What was your, uh, you talked about mistakes and bad situations and failures. What, Give me, give me one example, man. What, what was, what, what was the one that really got you in the gut that you really okay. had to overcome? Yeah, the end of the twenty fifteen, yeah, twenty fifteen regionals. Um, I was in the South Super Region, and um, so the last workout was something that was pretty much pretty in my wheelhouse um, as far as a, an event that I knew that I could win, you know. And that workout in particular was was one of those ones that just kind of, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, you know, it was one of those things that you're like, okay, 
you know, if you're kind of tired, long day, you haven't finished all your workouts um, or your training, and you know, uh, you're like, I just want to go home, you know, call it a day. But that's kind of like one of those moments you can kind of, I specifically draw on to be like, you know, positions that other people are walking away from and they're, you know, calling it a day, but I need to be able to do what those people aren't doing. And that's what's going to separate yourself, you know, and there's, there's so much, uh, the field's getting so much bigger and there's so much smaller margin for error, especially at the games that, you know, those, those are the one, those are the sessions that's, those are the, you know, the times that count is when nobody else wants to do it or when nobody's there and nobody's working, you know, you got to be that person working, um, outworking everybody else. You're working on getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations. You you say this yeah. in, re- in reference to um, jumping into ice baths and shit. Um, but you say you love finding new ways to continually push your mind and body. What are what are some of the things that you're doing currently um, mm-hmm. differently now than you have in the past? Um, I mean, I think you know, just challenging myself with, you know, bigger and bigger sets, you know, just being able to, to do that. And I I know that it's easy if you can do, you know, grace unbroken to be like, oh, I have an unbroken grace, you know, why do I need to work on that? Why do I need to work on cycling, you know, a clean and jerk at 135, you know, 40 times if, you know, it's only 30 and I already got that. Um, So just stuff like that, you know, being able to hold on to a barbell for, you know, 10 more reps or five more reps or whatever it might be. And I think that ice baths, um, you know, that's something uh, I started doing with my team because um, we we worked a lot with uh, Brian McKenzie and uh, Brian Diaz, and they've worked closely with uh, Wim Hof. I don't know if you've heard of the Wim Hof me- uh, method or the Iceman Absolutely. method. Yep. Yeah, he's getting... A pretty good name out there, but you know a lot of his stuff is um, is centered around being able to be in that in a extreme situation, like in a in an ice bath that's below forty degrees, uh, you know, up to your neck, covered in ice, and being able to maintain your internal core body temperature for you know lengths of time. You seem to have this depth, this mental toughness, um, that. You know, not everybody's into the shit that uh, Wim Hof is doing. Yeah. Um, and my question is, where did that come from? I mean, what what made you walk in and say, fuck yeah, this is where it's at, um, as opposed to maybe going a different route? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. you know, these, these some of the posts that you, I, I hear yourself talk coming through your writing, right? Mm-hmm. And my question is, where does that self-talk come from? Was it there when you were a kid? Did somebody teach you that? My dad uh, had me, you know, start martial arts when I was very, very young. I think I was like four, and he made me, you know, continue to do some form of that of martial arts all the way up till I was, you know, left after high school. So, um, you know, started with Taekwondo, and then Muay Thai. And then, you know, boxing and wrestling and jujitsu. And then kind of, um, you know, when I was in my senior year of high school and then 
for about a year and a half to two years after high school, I uh, got into fighting because one of my buddies that I played football with had started uh, had started doing it, and um, it, it kind of just combined all of the you know martial arts and you know. And, and when you say that, when you say you got into fighting, we're not talking about street brawls. You got into no MMA, MMA yeah. fights. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I would. Uh, you know, train I, in, uh, when I was in high school, I was, um, on team quest. So that was a team out of, uh, yeah, out of or Oregon, right? Yeah. Originally in Oregon. And then they had a few gyms in California and Marietta or Temecula and Oceanside. And, uh, it was like after high school kind of, you know, put everything, uh, I had into that and moved to, um, Denver and, um, I was on Factory X Muay Thai and uh, Jiu Jitsu, and they have you know some guys in the UFC. Chris Camozzi and um, Joey Warren was a Bellator champion that I trained with quite a bit um, there and at Rhino. And um, yeah, so I mean, just that that background in in martial arts was something that I had always had growing up, and then my dad kind of instilled a lot of the those um, you know mental properties I have now in, you know, he would just talk to me about stuff like that, you know, all the time when I was competing and he would make me go into like a dark room before I had games or tournaments, you know, when I was younger playing, you know, even if it wasn't martial arts, it was another sport I was playing. He would make me, you know, go meditate and, you know, sit on this uh, sound light machine he had and uh you know take ice baths and you know he kind of was almost you know training me to be to to be what i am today you know and that was started when i was really young and uh kind of continued all the way through and it just became something that i you know only knew smart man building that in for you i mean seriously yeah. you're yeah. very fortunate to have a dad like that um, yeah absolutely i know because i uh you know, I talk, I, uh, one thing that kind of helped me realize that and dial that in a little bit more now that I was older was, you know, having a wife that also competes, you know, at a very high level, yeah. um, and weightlifting that being such a mental sport and so, um, meticulous, um, you know, being able to help her and talk her through, you know, stuff that she's been going through and, you know, has gone through and, um, and kind of almost teach her some of the things that I was taught when I was young kind of yeah. was a realization for me. Like, oh, wow, this is something that, you know, I've had since I was really little. All right, Christian, um, are you ready for the questionnaire? Absolutely. All yeah. right, man, let's do it. Section one, the physical. How many meals do you consume in a day? Uh, I consume anywhere from uh, five to six uh, sometimes if I'm busier that day, I'll, I'll do four, but, um, yeah, I try to get at least five, five good solid meals in, you know, I don't really consider a bar and a shake a meal. So I'm talking like real food. Yeah. Okay. And in percentages of fat, protein, carbohydrate, uh -huh. what's your macronutrient breakdown per meal or does it change with time of day? Does it change with training? Yeah, it'll change, uh, based on time of day uh but but for training so um more so for the training so i'll need you know 30 uh percent um 
before and after of, as far as carbohydrates. Um, I'm also, I try to break up the, the fat and the protein pretty evenly throughout the day and then try to focus the carbohydrates more so around my, my training sessions, you know, before and after. Um, so I get, I get the majority of probably 60 to 80% um, within a three hour window of my training, you know, that's including the training. So try to try to get a little bit in uh, beforehand and then a big, a big, big amount in afterwards. So how much time do you take between eating and training? Um, it just depends on my day and what I have going. Uh, you know, if I have to, I'll eat and train right after I eat. You know, I don't really have a, a finicky stomach, so I can eat uh, a solid meal and then, you know, go right into training 15 minutes later. Um, my warm-up's not going to feel great um, as far as, like, I'm not going to feel too great during my warm-up, but um, once that, you know, 15 minutes goes by where I'm, you know, warming up and Get, I've gotten into it, you know, it doesn't really matter. How often do you train in a day, Christian? Um, I train right now twice a day on um, five days, five days a week, twice a day. Um, during the weekdays, those sessions are broken up by about six hours. And then uh, on the weekends, they're only broken up by about an hour and a half. And is that because that's approximately how much time or closer to the amount of time that you're going to have between events for regionals? Or is that is there a different reason? Uh, yeah, that's uh, for the weekends. Yeah, we, we do leading up into regionals. We start um, doing kind of mock regionals every weekend where... You know, we'll have, um, you know, a very close to the same amount of workouts that we'll have at regionals or more. And then we'll, you know, score them all and um, have them a, um, a little bit more broken up like we'll, we'll see them at regionals. So it's, you know, when we get there, that's, you know, just something we've been doing for weeks and weeks. Not something that, you know, is any anything different. You know, try to make the competition as similar to training or our training is similar to the competition as we can. Right. Uh, that in way terms of yeah. rhythm and mm -hmm. yeah. And what your body's ready for. I get yep. it, man. So what does a typical training day for you look like? So if you're doing two days mm -hmm. uh, on the weekends, you have a six hour break or I mean weekdays, six hour yeah. break weekend, hour and a half break. Mm -hmm. How are those, sessions split up are they big chunk sessions are they smaller sessions and what do you do or is it varied do you make sure that you're hitting strength in the morning or strength in the evening how what does it look like um usually right now we're doing um on the weekdays in the morning we'll do some type of strength uh imam so some type of uh traditional strength movement like a you know a squat a push press a press front squat, overhead squat, you know, something like that, um, mixed with some type of dynamic movement, you know, just something to, to prime the, the lift. So if we're squatting, we'll do some, you know, jump overs and jumps, just some, uh, calisthenics for the legs, just to kind of prep the squat a little bit more and get that dynamic effort out of that. Um, and then, uh, there'll be some type of conditioning piece, you know, some type of run or row, 
and uh you know something where you gotta you know the row for me is something that um you know i really like to work on just because that's kind of one of those things that i feel like is is all you know it's very um physical but a lot of it is mental you know pushing yourself on a rower where you're you know not actually moving you know you're on a machine that's not going anywhere but you're hurting mm -hmm. like hell is uh something that's you know uh a, a special kind of um intensity you know that i think is is very cool to to uh work on um but then we'll have you know so we'll have that conditioning and strength in the morning and then uh in the afternoon we'll have uh lifting strength so like percentage work uh you know on the minute stuff like that with snatch or clean and jerk and then we'll have like testing with snatch and clean and jerk where we're you know trying to get as many reps as we can out of a specific movement and weight um and then resting a, a certain amount of time and then repeating that trying to match that number you know so mm -hmm. that's more like that barbell cycling work and getting sure. better at cycling lighter or medium weight barbells um, after the heavier heavier lifts and then uh, a lot of gymnastics skill work and then we'll usually end with uh, you know some core work and then some a uh, uh, little shorter conditioning piece at the end of that as well um, and so that's during the weekdays and then the weekends are kind of our mock regionals and so we'll usually have some type of, you know, speed ladder that we'll likely see. Um, so we usually have, you know, uh, my coach will usually take uh, variations of previous regional workouts and make them, you know, harder or longer, or, you know, add stuff to them and uh, give us different variations of them. But, you know, so we're seeing uh, a very similar format that we'll see at regionals where, you know, we've got um, a good, depth and breadth of workouts, uh, you know, in that shorter time period. Right. So during the week, you got a morning chunk, evening chunk. What's the time frame on those chunks? Uh, the morning is like an hour and a half. And then the evening is about two hours to two and a half. Just depends on, you know, how everybody's moving. If mm -hmm. we're kind of dragging ass or, right. you know, uh, Usually they're longer if we're dragging ass because our coach makes us do more because he gets pissed off. <laughs> um, so so you're, you're moving through these, I mean, pretty well, right? I, that's a lot of work to be done. In yeah. A, so yeah, guys, a lot of them are... Not fucking around. No, yeah, a lot of them are... Uh, uh, he makes us do like imam style. So, you know, he makes sure we're getting, you know, X amount of work done in a certain amount of time, you know, and I think that's a good... A good thing to do nowadays especially because you know in crossfit you're always going to be on the clock you're always going to be timed and always. it really doesn't matter if you can you know get to a 600 pound squat in 20 minutes because right. they're going to give you seven and if you can only get to 315 in seven minutes you know i'm going to be able to get to my max which is around 440 mm -hmm. 450 in seven minutes and you're only going to be at 300 exactly Great. Yeah. yeah. And also it's going to tap into those energy systems that if you're just doing a straight strength session for an hour and a half, hoping that you're just not going to tap into, you know, it's right. like you yeah. gotta, you gotta work past that, uh, that ATP. That's really smart. Who's your coach? Uh, Max Mormont. He, uh, runs CrossFit Costa Mesa. Um, 
He was a, a weightlifter back in the day. Um, trained at a Coach Bergner's gym up mm-hmm. in uh, Bonzel when he was competing at weightlifting, and then uh, got into CrossFit a long time ago, and um, he's been coaching me for about uh, two and a half, three years now. Excellent. Yeah. Section two, the mental. Nice. Yeah, your your bag. How would you describe your state of mind while training? You can handle pain a lot better when you're laughing than if you're expecting it or, you know, kind of grimacing. Um, and so being relaxed and fun and then, you know, when it's time to turn that intensity up, you know, taking it to that level. So just finding that balance within each session. You know, there's going to be some times when it's it's time to, to have that fun and laugh and enjoy what you're doing. And then there's times when it's like, all right, time to buckle the chin strap and, you know, hit the A gap. Hmm. If you could liken your mental state in competition to a type of organic or inorganic substance, what would it be and why? Uh, probably like water. <laughs> like Bruce Lee, old Bruce Lee quote. Um, great quote, man. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, and, um, you know, probably just like he says, you know, water can flow or it can crash. You got to be able to, you know, have fun with it, flow, adjust, go with the flow, and then you got to be able to bring the hammer when it's time. That's great. Imagine this scenario. You're holding a baby in your right arm and a cooler holding a vital organ to be delivered to a loved one in need in your left arm. Okay. You come to a canyon. The only way across is via zip line, which requires one of your hands for you to hold on with. What do you put down and what do you take with you? The baby? Or the cooler holding the vital organ. Whose baby is this? <laughs> Everybody asks that question, <laughs> and you have to answer that for okay. yourself. I mean, I've I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, so I know they've got like those adjustable straps. You know, it's not like right. one of those shitty igloo coolers that's right. know, that you see at the job sites. Um, this is we're talking like a high end Yeti strap cooler. So right. throw that strap around that. Uh, zip line or around my shoulder and then i'm hanging on to that zip line with one hand and hanging on to that baby with the other yeah maybe even uh tuck the baby in my person somewhere and then hold on with two hands but uh oh or i go uh one hand on securing the cooler and then wrap one one leg so like the back of my knee around the other side of that zip line so i can zip hold and hold with the other hand, and like the back of my knees around one of the, the zip line handles, like a, like a lock. So it sounds like, <laughs> no matter what, you're getting both across this fucking yeah. canyon. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm I, like one of those guys that's uh, <laughs> gonna crash and burn. Like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> leave one behind. So if, if I'm getting to the other side, everything's coming with me, or we're all going down. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Speaking of which, a news broadcast just reports that the Earth is going to be struck by an asteroid the size of our moon. Although officials have known about this for some time, the asteroid is predicted to hit within 24 hours. It will mean a certain end for our planet. There is no way around it. We're going to die. How will you spend your last 24 hours? Um, let's see. Who's, who's giving us this information? Is it NASA? 
Sure. I don't trust NASA. <laughs> okay. I'm on, not. I'm on board with Flat Earth. You are for real? I'm a Flat Earth. I'm not a Flat Earther. I'm just not a Round Earther. Come on, man. What? Okay. We're going to pause this questionnaire <laughs> for two seconds. Explain to me why you, who seem like a very intelligent young man, would would be a flat earther? Please, well, I'm not. I'm change not my a mind. Fla- I'm not a flat earther. Okay. I'm just saying there's a lot of a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions and things that don't really add up. Like what? Well, you never see. Okay, here's one. In the in the so at night, if you're in the moonlight, so we've always been told that the moon reflects uh, sunlight, right? So the sun goes off the moon. That's how the moon's lit up, and that's why we get the light from the moon. Um, but why is is uh, it colder in the moonlight than if you're in the shade? So if you're out at night, it's gonna the temperature is gonna be colder when you're in moonlight rather than if you're in the shade. And if the moonlight is just a reflection of of the sun's light, why wouldn't it be warmer? Well, I think that, and I'm I'm no expert, but I am an outdoorsman. I think that the reflection from the moonlight isn't what's making it feel colder in the evening. What we're, we are experiencing in the shade is that you're closer to a tree, which is actually absorbing the heat of the day. So you're actually getting the warmth from the tree. When See, you, that makes sense. When you leave that shade and say you're out in a cool, field man. at yeah. night and you know you can you can imagine that it's the moonlight that's making you colder. Actually, it's just because you're you're no longer sheltered. Right. And what was the other one? Um, let's see. What was my other one? Um, the reflection of the sun. Uh, what about what about eclipse? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot on both sides that I I don't really understand. I'm just saying that it's not. I'm not bought into the rounders. Okay, Here, here's, here's I'm, one I'm thing skeptical. that I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you that the earth is round. And this is, this is one example. And I'm going to put an end to all of this, this stuff <laughs> that I keep on hearing, all right, is two reasons, actually. Lunar eclipses and solar eclipses. And you can actually see the shadow of the earth, mm-hmm. and you see that it's round. You can see it. It's right there for you. Why do you see that it's round, though? Because you you could see the arc of the Earth, and have you ever traveled really, really, really far? Like, have you ever no. gone to Mm-mm. Australia? No. See, you could never... actually follow the sun. You could follow the sun or follow the darkness for a very long time. And uh, what if it's just what if we're the center and the sun and the moon are rotating around us? You you can't believe that. You cannot believe that. You cannot believe that the Earth is the center of the universe. Or the center of our solar system, even. Uh, all right, Christian, we got to move on, man. <laughs> we got to move on. I just like asking weird questions because I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know a lot about astronomy or the Earth no, it's, rotating look, it's, or anything it's, it's like It's fun that, to entertain. So, I've, yeah. I've heard the theories, too, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. this is fun to entertain. But, man, yeah. it's just, brother, come with me here, man. <laughs> come with me. It, it, yeah. let's, let's leave those guys behind, you and me. Yeah, um, I don't spend a lot of time on it, but it's, <laughs> it's entertaining for me. All right, man. So how do you spend your last 24 hours if the, oh, flat, yeah. if the flat Earth or not round Earth is yeah. going to be exploded by an asteroid? Um, I definitely go and eat all of the things that I've been craving 
and, you know, kind of been uh, denying myself, you know, while I'm in training and while I'm, you know, on my, on my macros pretty strict, kind of all of those like cravings that I have, but that's probably only going to last like an hour because I'll eat and be full and I'll be like, Oh, this is dumb. What is it? Um, what is it? Give me, give me one thing that you're just going to dart for and gobble up. Uh, I've been craving like pizza, yeah. Chicago, like deep dish, Chicago style pizza a lot. And like donuts, both of those. So you're not a, as long as it fits your macros kind of guy, you're not going to put that shit in your body. You know, I, I have in the past, you know, uh done that but i just see you know it doesn't work out you know even if it fits your macros and that's how you help yourself sleep at night you know mm -hmm. getting you know a hundred a hundred uh and fifty carbs from pizza opposed to you know vegetables and a, a you know good carbohydrate yeah uh is not gonna leave you feeling too hot regardless of how you justify it to yourself <laughs> right right um but yeah so probably um well, obviously, I would be doing this all with my wife because, you know, that would, I think, be her, her first thing too. You know, she she has a harder time with that than I do because she's in an actual weight class sport, you know, and has to, you know, weigh a certain amount and she gets so much less macros than I do. So, um, you know, with her, I would go do that, uh, get those, you know, craving foods. And then um, I would... I love the beach. She loves the beach. So we'd probably go, you know, spend some time on the beach, go see a movie, have a date night, you know, or a date day, I guess. Uh, you know, just spend time. I would just spend time with her and uh, do all the things that we love to do. Um, and, you know, relax. I don't need to do anything crazy. Nice. This is a two-part question. Yeah. When is it essential to lie and when is it deplorable to tell the truth? Um, are we talking about like lying to yourself or lying to somebody else? It doesn't matter. Either. I mean, what, what, whatever scenario you want to put that in. I think um, it's always, I don't think there's ever a, um, wait, say that again. You said when is it? Um, when is it essential to lie? Essential. I don't think that it's ever essential to lie. I think that it's um, just a choice, you know, and you're going to have, you know, you're going to find the repercussions out of that choice in the long run. But I don't think that there's a situation where it's like you have to lie. So when is, when is it deplorable to tell the truth? When is it awful to tell the truth? It's awful to tell the truth when, you know, you know, the truth is going to hurt somebody. Who in history, real or fictional, would you describe as resilient? Why that person? I uh, I don't know why, but I just it just came to mind first. Probably George Washington. <laughs> I have no idea why it came to mind. Um, I mean, the dude was pretty gnarly. He was in a lot of battles. He had like wooden teeth, and didn't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, he did a lot of of you know gnarly things for our country and was just alive in a different time you know yeah those were times when when uh you know it was just crazy times people died every day from from disease from you know getting shot in the street from you know 
you name it, there wasn't a lot of like law or or uh, order back then. So uh, I think it was just kind of like a free for all, and to you know survive and do as much as he did back in those days is is pretty um, resilient. Great. Section three, the emotions. What is uh, what is your idea of perfect happiness? Um satisfied in what you've done, satisfied in where you are, satisfied in how you got there, who you're with, you know, just full satisfaction in 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 all of those areas. If you have that, I think you're gonna be have that perfect happiness. Great. What is the opposite of fear? Uh the opposite of fear would be love. Awesome. Please finish this sentence. Love is the opposite of fear. <laughs> That's great. Have you read Gates of Fire? No. Okay. You should. Stephen Wait, Pre- that's the that's the uh Thermopylae book, right? Yeah, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. It's excellent. Okay. What recurring trait do you notice about yourself that makes you angry? Um I'm Pessimism. Pessimism? Is that mm-hmm. a word? Pessimism? Yeah. 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 You're a pessimist. Yes. Really? Yep. None of your answers would would lead me to believe that at all. Maybe I, I'm not, but I fight it so much, you mm-hmm. know, because I know that I am. Maybe I'm like one of those guys that says that they're lazy, but they're really like, they think they're lazy because they're tired, but really they, they're tired because they do all this shit and they <laughs> yeah. are always moving and always doing all this stuff yeah. because they think they're lazy because they're tired, but really they're not. So maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When do you experience sadness? The main, you know, or only one of the only reasons I get, I would get really sad is if I let somebody that I love down mm-hmm. with my actions or you know, whatever the case might be. Sure. Or if I watch, you know, a sad movie like The Notebook or Titanic or <laughs> Legends of the Fall. I fucking love Legends of the Fall, that's man. My, yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, all right. Tell us about the last time you were genuinely surprised. I was surprised I made it home today. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, this is a long day, man, huh? Yeah. Um, what word or action incites a feeling of disgust in you? I mean, I don't like when people start spouting off about like political stuff. Uh-huh. When I know that, when I hear what they're saying, and it's not really educated, you know? Right. It's not really, like they don't really have any type of, they haven't done any research or haven't educated themselves on any of the issues and they're kind of just spouting off kind of like hot buzzwords and like, Right. You know, stuff like that and they don't really have any any basis for what they're saying or any way of, you know, uh talking about it other than that stuff. I mean, that's kind of one thing. Um I mean, I don't really get too heated about what other people do, you know. Section 4, brother. Uh the 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 spirit. What is your definition of the spirit? At a very base level, if you strip away, you know, all the worldly possessions and gratifications and things that 
that kind of make up this world, you know, underneath, you know, what you have and what you do and who you are. Um, what are you and who are you, you know, if we take away, take away kind of all of that outer, outer layer layers of, of bullshit, you know, what are you underneath, you know? What happens to us when our bodies die? I don't know. I've never tried it. Name one event in your life that you can most closely describe as a miracle. Um, I was at a light. I was just leaving uh, training. And, you know, for some reason, I pull up to this light. And it's uh, it's one of the ones where you've got to, you know, uh, it doesn't have a turn signal. So you have, you can... Uh, you have to wait for people coming your way that are going straight, mm-hmm. and then you can turn left. And um, for some reason, it, it turned green, and no one was on the other side. I wasn't waiting for anybody, but for some reason, I, and I wasn't on my phone, or um, you know, I wasn't doing anything where I was distracted. I was literally just looking at the road and at the light, and it turned green. And for some reason, I didn't start going right away. I waited like three seconds and no one was behind me or anything and I just waited there like three seconds and then I started like after three seconds I just you know I was like oh uh, I'm gonna go now and so I started driving and right as I started driving this car flew by ran the red you know that would have been you know they they would have been stopped you know they should have been stopped so ran right through the red and um, if I would have gone any sooner he would have t-boned me you know mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was just the other day. So, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I'm pretty um, cognizant of. I was like, oh, my gosh. That was crazy. It's so interesting um, because I recently interviewed Lucas Parker, who has almost an identical miracle that he shared with me. Maybe the same driver was just kept going and all the way up through Canada and just... Maybe it was... Came- Maybe it was a glitch in the flat Earth matrix. Yeah, it could he could have gone <laughs> off one end and fucking popped up on the other side. <laughs> it's just a big fucking figure eight, man. Yeah, he just keeps on going around the same figure <laughs> yeah. eight. Serial uh, red light runner. <laughs> That's it. Put the watch out. <laughs> when do you feel most connected with creation? In the ocean, ocean water. When I'm, whenever I'm in the ocean or anywhere in the mountains, and um. I'm I'm away from you know technology or civilization and you can kind of feel like feel the the smallness of how small you are in the world. What is the thing that is the closest resemblance to absolute truth for you? When you're in a situation when all you're doing is making sure you don't die um and you're making sure you live that's as close to truth, I think, as you could possibly get. Last question, man. Why do you feel you were put on this earth? Um, just to kind of be of service to whoever I can be, you know, whether that's physically of service, you know, help actually helping them out or just doing what I do and them seeing that and being helped or encouraged by that and, you know, be a better person to seek a better life and, um, you know, not not conform to to something that they they don't have to or they've just been told their whole life they had to and kind of helping people break out of that mold and do you know 
what they were meant to do, encouraging them to be what they were meant to be and not settle for anything less. Thanks for coming on the show, Christian. That was great. How can the audience connect with you? Um, they can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm not really a lot on Facebook, so probably more so Instagram or Twitter. Um, and uh, and what are those handles, bud? Uh, Instagram is Christian V Lucero, and uh, my Twitter is Christian V Luce. It's too long for Twitter, but try to make it as similar as I could. Um, the V stands for Veal Pondo. That's my middle name. And before you go, before we say goodbye, do you have any parting words for the audience? Can you plant a seed of inspiration? Help somebody along the way? You know, whatever you choose to do in life, make sure you love it and you do it to the best of your abilities every day. I don't care if you want to, you know, collect comic books for the rest of your life or, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, just make sure that you you do it to the best of your ability and you do it and love it enough to want to be the best at it and uh, just try to be the best at, at what you're doing and everything that you do every day. Thank you, man. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on The Art of Fitness and we will get together again in the future, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Okay, brother. Good luck in regionals and good luck in the games. You're going back. I know it. But we're not thinking ahead. We're thinking in the moment. Yeah. One step at a time. <laughs> See you there. Okay, bud. All right. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Fitness. If you did, please subscribe. Write a review. Also, go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com. Scroll down and do all of your Amazon shopping through the Art of Fitness portal. It would really help support. Thanks a lot.